It's starting to get chilly outside, which means the spooky season is right around the corner. If you're looking for a frightful and fun way to be festive this October, we would love for you to join us this Halloween in Denver at Jad's Mile High Smoke for our very first in-person live show. It's going to be an absolute blast. There's going to be a solo and couples costume contest, joint and blunt rolling competitions, live tastings, a full-service cannabis bar, a dope raffle prize box, vendors, and over $300 worth of stony accessories and sweet treats that'll be dished out throughout the night. You definitely don't want to miss it. And if you want to snag your tickets today, be sure to hit the link in the show notes and head on over to the eventhigh.io page. Tickets were originally on Eventbrite, but in traditional smoke-to-smoke fashion, we got banned from there. So the Eventbrite page is actually just a portal over to the eventhigh.io. Prices start at $30, but are a little bit more if you want to reserve a spot in one of the rolling competitions. We can't wait to see you there. This event is for Canon consumers 21 and up only. Hello and welcome to Smoke to Smoke the show that'll get you in the know about Smoke and Drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I might have to ask you to leave for now, but when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again. So you guys are probably wondering, what the heck is going on, Kadabra? That's two weeks in a row now with late episodes. And even though I promised I'd definitely be on time this week, mm, I definitely wasn't. As always, I try to be frank with y'all whenever I'm not doing so hot, as I definitely try to emphasize the importance of mental health with this show and do so by being upfront and honest with my own. It's been a little chaotic recently, and things are definitely all good. Don't worry. I've just found myself getting a bit swallowed whole by my emotions from time to time lately, and It's made it hard to stay consistent, but I'm still trying to push through because I still have plenty of great conversations that you all need to hear. And really on that note, I'd like to preface this episode in particular with a trigger warning. We do talk about some extremely challenging topics from mental health and mental illness to child abuse. It definitely gets heavy here at times, but if you can handle it, you're in for a great chat today. For this episode of Smoke to Smoke, I'll be talking with a fantastic guest that's the author of Craig Lewis's Guide to Surviving the Impossible, a motivational self-help workbook. Gregorio also shares with us his passions for cannabis, what inspired the creation of his book, and how cannabis has helped him in his life. One more thing, a lot of y'all were expecting a bonus episode to come out this month within the past recent weeks. However, we unfortunately had a bit of a mix-up with shipping, so I wasn't actually able to receive the products in time, but be sure to stay tuned for a future product review episode. Now, before we get started though, 
I have a quick disclaimer. While I make immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I am not a doctor. I'm simply presenting my views based on what I gather from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice, and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now, let's light up and dig in. Hello, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Before we get started, how are you doing today? And if you're smoking or anything, let us know what it is. Well, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. And what I think I am um, enjoying at the moment is some sort of combination of what's supposed to be Durban poison and whatever else we got at the Tienda last week. Okay, okay. Durban poison is definitely a good one, so no complaints there. Sounds like you got some good smoke today. Uh, We're doing all right, and uh, I'm definitely grateful to be in a moment with you right here and now. Of course, I'm so glad to have you join me. So can you introduce yourself for the lovely folks at home? Hi, everybody. Uh, My name is Gregorio. Uh, My name in English is Craig. I'm from the state of Massachusetts. I have lived uh, in a mountain town uh, in the south of Mexico for over four years. Uh, Before that, I spent a year uh, homeless, lowercase h, more or less, in Europe. And before that, I lived in the United States, uh, Massachusetts for the uh, I guess all my other years, and uh, I'm an author of uh, several books about healing from trauma, and I'm also a survivor of a very severe uh, type of child abuse. And uh, uh, we can we're going to talk about that later when we talk about uh, how I got introduced to cannabis in a medicinal uh, way. And uh, I'm just grateful to be alive. Um, you know, I'm supposed to be dead. So I guess apparently the universe had different plans. And so thank you for allowing me to share with you today my story and hopefully more importantly, uh, the beautiful lessons I've learned that may, maybe we can all benefit from. And that's uh, that's what's up. Thank you for asking. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good and I'm very glad to have you joining me today. When you reached out to me initially, I was not really expecting, I will say you were the first person that made kind of a a video essay as to why you should be on the show and just sharing your story with me. I found it very interesting and something that I definitely wanted to share with my audience. So I'm just glad you were able to make the time to step by and tell us about your books, tell us about your recovery story. And yeah, we're going to dig into all of that today. Thank you. You know, I really appreciate you saying that, acknowledging that, like, that's how I communicated with you because, um, like really like when we get to it, like cannabis really helped me like rewire my brain. And so Mm -hmm. there was a point in time where I really could not think. And so I've learned that I communicate so much better. If I want to like reach out to someone like yourself and say, Hey, I have a story. I have a thing. Like I get something to offer. I communicate so much better by leaving you a three minute or four minute video. And you're not the first person who has a similar response, like you just stated. And so I'm, I'm learning that that works with the right people. So you must be a quality person. So pleased to meet you, Ms. <laughs> All right. Well, it's nice to meet you, too. So let's dig right into it. Can you tell us why cannabis means so much to you and why you're so passionate about it? Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, starting around 18, uh, I was introduced to weed. And I smoked weed for a long time. And... That was the 90s. And if you were, uh, if you were a teenager in the 90s, uh, then you know that in the mid-90s, uh, everything went sort of uh, hydroponic. 
and that was super sativa and uh, a lot of people who had anxiety and all sorts of other issues you know inside had all that that stuff kind of like come out like a like a tornado and a lot of people freaked out and i was one of them and uh that's why i stopped i realized i like getting stoned but like i feel so weird this new strain of this new more powerful weeds making me feel weird so i stopped because that was the right thing for me to do and i i was really proud of myself because i had to so i spent all sorts of years after that not smoking but um but yeah, my story really is that i was given psychiatric drugs since i was a teenager for conditions i did not have i was abused by my parents uh they used psychiatric drugs to kind of keep me from like, becoming a person keeping me from like using my brain to express mm. myself it really made me sick and i had to deal with this um this severe like stigma and like dr heavy drugging and all this terrible stuff for m most of my life and so um by the time it became you know uh, uh the early 2010s i started to like you know i was working in, as a mental health worker i was trying to improve my life i was going to therapy i had published books about recovery and healing and uh, I was able to obtain my medical records from the Department of Mental Health in my former state of Massachusetts, where I was also employed. Yeah. And so uh, those medical records said that when I was a kid, I never had any of the mental health issues that I was treated for heavily with psychiatric drugs for 28 years and that, uh, uh, that I never had these conditions. I was given these drugs to shut me up. It was actually documented child abuse. And I was, of course working for the same organization that uh, who gave me the documents that when I was a kid was responsible for me being abused. So you can appreciate uh, no one was very happy with me, but what those documents stated was, as I just said, I never needed those drugs. I was never sick. So the psychiatrist took me off the drugs. They left two years. I stopped. They told me, if you don't stop taking these pills, you're never going to get better. And so thus, by the time it was the end of April, 20, uh, 2015, I took the last pill and then my my real life journey began and uh, I was clearly brain damaged. I was damaged from the psych meds. It left me with brain injury. It left me with all sorts of terrible issues and things got really bad for me for a couple of years. Um, and ultimately, uh, uh, I, I really did have a brain injury from this shit. And I sought out medical care, like like the medical model, you know, going to the hospital and stuff. And they just wanted to hospitalize me, and they did. I had to really defend myself against a psychotic system that believed something was wrong with me. But their own documents said that I was victimized by them. Ultimately, I, I, I sought out uh, a medical uh, marijuana doctor. There was an office like two-minute walk from where I lived back in Salem, Massachusetts. And I went in there, and I said, I told them my story, and uh, – and uh, they said, oh, yeah, you're not the first person with your kind of story that's come in here. We can definitely help you. Like, you're definitely going to get better. And so I remember that that first day I had my, my, my uh, identification card. I went to the dispensary, and I, uh, I said to them, oh, here's my story. I want to get, like, something low in THC and high in CBD because I didn't want to have my thinking all screwed up, right? And so yeah. I'm like, okay, you should try Northern Lights. So I took it, and then I went outside. I went for a walk, and I smoked some of the, the first joint I smoked in, I don't know, 15 years. And my my speech uh, was slurring so badly that I started to, like, immediately, within a couple hours, start to speak more clearly. And the tics that I had developed after I stopped taking the, the psych meds, I was so sick. My body was so sick that I had tics as well. And the tics... Um, 
started to get better. And over the course of a couple of years, I got better and better. And so why am I so passionate? Because this plant saved my life and helped my brain heal and re, like regenerate neural pathways that that were so damaged and and I could have died and I was like a walking dead person for a long time and psychologically I still struggle but cannabis is a magical uh, medicinal beautiful natural gift and I definitely 100% credit it as being a massive part of my life being what it is today and uh, I do uh, promote the medicinal benefits to anybody and anyone who will consider it because if we don't share what we know with others what is the use of going through all that we did so that is my as concise as possible uh, synopsis of why i am passionate about cannabis wow okay so it definitely sounds like you've been through just so much since you were little and it's just a shame the way that the pharmaceutical industry can get turned on a dime where um once we get to a certain age where pharmaceuticals and stuff are available to us it's um it can be a beneficial thing if used correctly if you're with the right doctors if you have a, a whole care team behind you that is there just for your well-being and not for any type of ulterior motive but it doesn't sound like you really had that you didn't have those um figures in your in your court that were really those supporters you needed in your life and i'm just really sorry you had to go through all of that because like i've had issues with medication myself where um, my doctor doubled all my medication and about a week later i was in the hospital had forgotten my name forgotten where i was at didn't know anybody really and everybody just seemed like a threat to me i had like all my personality had just kind of been sucked up into this into the medication and I didn't really feel like I was ever going to get back to normal and that whole time I was there they were telling me that it was the cannabis that got me to that point in the first place when I'd known I had been smoking I wasn't smoking during that period because I just didn't want anything else in my system I thought the pills were supposed to be helping but it's just it's so hard working with a doctor that they have the training and expertise, of course, but sometimes they get a little bit too headstrong with this is the only way things can be done. And then people just end up getting the short end of the stick for it. And then we have cases like yours where you're just so damaged after dealing with the pharmaceuticals that you're still recovering. Yeah. And it's it's years of your life that you won't be able to get back. Yeah. And it's not really much of a thought that's given to it besides, oh, well, maybe you should have done the medication differently or maybe you should have tried something else. Right. But it's the same thing with cannabis that it is with pharmaceuticals. It's not for everybody. Right. Uh, you, know, you're so, you're, you just nailed it on. You hit the nail on the head. You know, one thing, though, I will contest. And mm -hmm. this is something that we all have to be really... Uh, aware of because it's true and when we think about doctors these like medical doctors as having professional expertise well clearly they don't because if they had expertise they wouldn't be repeatedly um acting in ignorant ways that that could kill people in the name of helping them because that's what they think is the right way to help people so like those doctors or doctors in general who don't like actually become educated on these these issues they don't have expertise. They're they're just they're just doing what the society wants them to do because that's easier than actually like knowing what you're doing. And so people are hurt all the time. And uh, 
But beyond that, like everything you said is like 100% reality. And that is what happens. And they are completely, uh, the whole idea that there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with someone else is such a delusion. Like, like if these are the people who have to treat us because we're delusional, well, like who's delusional really? And that's the question that I get in trouble for asking. Which is why I live in Mexico now. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an issue with trying to find the right doctor, and it's so hard when there's sometimes an, a month, two, two and a half month waiting period for you to actually meet a person in the first place to see if they're the right fit for you. But you've got to find a doctor that you can tell right off the bat is not going to, okay, you're here for X, Y, and Z. You're getting medication today, not somebody that's going to be like, okay, you're here for X, Y, and Z. Let's talk through these issues and figure out if there's some other type of holistic ways that we can go about it. And then if all else fails, then let's talk about the medication. Like you, you need somebody that their first line of defense isn't putting pills down your throat. And it's so hard in an industry where I feel like more and more people are more concerned about, oh, I just want to be a doctor because I want to make the money and less about I want to be a doctor because I want to care for these people and just the suffering and pain they're going through. Yeah. The system in the United States is developed and designed for lots of people to make money at the expense of the person in need of medical care. And, and that's really, really a shame. But um, you mentioned a little bit about how your story and everything you've been through inspired you to write a few books. So tell us about your book, the one you came to talk to us about today. That book is called, uh, it's my name in English, it's called The Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible. And uh, I authored it because, well, I survived the impossible. And I, I, I ain't going to waste my time uh, bullshitting anybody and I ain't going to waste my time trying to sell anybody on something that they're not ready to listen to that they're not ready to hear because their life doesn't uh, their life isn't in, has them in a situation where they're, they're ready to rock and like say I'm done with how things are I want things to be better and so that's me like I'm the guy who in reality should be dead right now and instead for some reason within me I said, I ain't going to let the bad people who hurt me and all the bad people who just don't want to like know my beautiful heart, want to stigmatize me and judge me and or jealous of me because I'm smarter than them or whatever it is. They can all go after themselves. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to name it after myself so everyone knows exactly who wrote it. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw that in the, the face of the people say, like it or not, I am legitimate. And anyone out there who's struggling with like seriously like uh, traumatized, uh, you know, a traumatized reality. I want those people to know if I can do it, so can you, my story is horrific. So if I can do it, I want you to know that you can too. Yeah, really, you don't need to live your entire life feeling like you need to be there and, and like you don't need to you don't need to feel like you're trying to outdo everybody else or get that validation from everybody else. If you're doing something that makes you happy and just makes you feel whole. You need to go for that. And that's why I really like your book, because you've got these different like self-help, self-motivation books. So how long has it been out? This book, uh, the, the Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible, was, this has been published for two years. Um, okay. This week, it's going to get published in French. And uh, it's already available in Spanish. And next week, I'm going to have 
copies printed here in my in my in my state in Mexico, and uh, then I'm gonna start selling like hot, like real like professional copies of my books to people in Spanish on the street. So I'm really psyched about that. And that's one of my books. Oh, and this also to be published in Portuguese probably within two to three months. That's so exciting. So you're just making these moves now, just like boom, 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 now that it's been out for a little bit. Yeah, this is my, um, I guess, my fourth or fifth book. Okay. I have a whole bunch of other books as well, and I'm, I'm trying to always, like, get them into the hands of the people. And, uh, you know, the pandemic really, like, hurt me in, in, my, in my, my mental health, my psychological health. Mm-hmm. And so I know that. And so, uh, so like, um, a lot of the plans I had kind of, kind of, kind of went awry, but, uh, I'm still like, you know, I'm trying to get back on, no, not trying. I am getting back on point because I don't have any other, any other choice. And so, yeah, you heard about my parents. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I don't got family or people like that. They just don't exist. So I got me. And if I got me and I find people like you and other people all around the world who are like trying to walk a certain path because they know that's what the right thing to do, help other people in the process, then I found a community of people that I can like have something to, to meet meet on the middle with. And then that's going to be enough for me to live a happy life and, and, and I'll be okay. Okay. So how long did it take you to write this book? And tell us a little bit more about what your writing process is like. Um... Well, I wrote a bunch of titles of things I wanted to write about, mm-hmm. and then I just went through the list, and uh, whether I was on a plane, or I was in a, uh, a bus, or I was sitting on a park bench, or I was in a squat, or I was like, you know, <laughs> begging for food or whatever it was somewhere in Europe, and I was homeless, uh, um, I just would start to write a passage about whatever that topic was I had written the, the title for, and then i just write three questions. Um, and because this is a format that I developed uh, uh, over 10 years ago, so all my other workbooks that I published are exactly the same format. So I have a thing that I do. I have a thing that works. Um, and so some of the topics in this book, uh, one is called Speak With Your Heart As Words Will Often Fail You. Um how to make sense of when someone tells you that you need to love yourself more. I have one topic called, if you're having extreme thoughts, how to forgive the unforgivable because you deserve peace. To heal from how others have hurt you may require you first forgiving yourself. I have one called, if your animal companion loves you unconditionally, which is basically a passage about, ah, you want to hear the passage? You like yeah. to hear it? All right. All right, everybody, thank you for letting me uh, share with you here. Uh, this is page 28 uh, from the Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible. And this passage is called, if, uh, if Your Animal Companion Loves You Unconditionally. And then there are three questions after it. All right, here goes. If your animal companion loves you unconditionally, maybe they see the true beauty that exists within you. I will always, always, always cherish the love of my sweet little boy, Max the cat. No matter where on earth he is, breathing or resting in peace, he loves me and I know it. Saying goodbye to Max the cat was one of the hardest and most painful experiences of my life. I felt that I abandoned my child, my rescued best friend, to whom I dedicated myself to caring for for the rest of his life. How blessed are we 
to all know that months after he returned to the street, after his foster mother, who loved Max as much as I did, was displaced and has now passed away, that he is now adopted by a loving family once again, and he is safe now and cared for for the rest of his life. I call him my sweet beast, and he is my best friend. Through thick and thin, this 28-toed furry creature loved me in defiance of my many hard times, my ups and downs, and several instances of absolute chaos and crazy. It has been a long time since I felt the warmth of Max the Cat. However, I will never forget the power of his love for me. If he loves me, no matter how rough or terrible things were with me, then I must be worth it, right? People often say animals know, so trust in your four-legger, your feathered friend, your amphibious roommate, and even your aquatic amiga. So perhaps on those days when it is hard to imagine that tomorrow could ever come, like I felt a mere three days ago, perhaps remember that if you have ever been loved unconditionally by, by your animal companion, maybe they know what they are talking about. I really like that. that was, that's very positive. And it just brings me back to a place of thinking about my own childhood pet. And I think like the first pet you really get is hold such a fond memory in your heart. Just as that companion that you had through the darkest times when nobody else was there. Somebody that you could dress up in a silly outfit and um, talk to endlessly and just they were yours, like it was your best friend. And it's something that I just think back to my, my very first pet and I miss him dearly because it's been about about seven or eight years since I lost him at this point. But man, he was a good cat. And I, I love hearing about Max too, I like that. I'm, I'm so grateful to know that you had a similar beautiful experience with the furry friend. <laughs> can I ask you a question about from the book so you can know how it works? Yeah. Uh, do you, or we can say, did you believe, or do you believe that your animal companion views you as the most beautiful, perfect, special, and wonderful creature in their life? Honestly, I'd say so, because Chauncey, um, the cat, I, we named him after Chauncey Billups, and anywhere I'd go, like, we went through several moves together, and he was right there by my side just when I was, like, I was a relatively isolated child. I didn't necessarily go hang out with friends too much until I got into, like, a older years of my life. But when I was a younger uh, child, like um, elementary and middle school, just a lot of my time spent was with him. And I feel like it got me through those moments where I was just so incredibly lonely and just felt empty. And just knowing that he valued just our time, if nothing else, he'd become like, if, if nobody else would come looking for me, he would be the one meowing at my door at five in the morning, trying to get some food and then bumping up against my leg, trying to get some rubs for the next few hours afterwards. So that yeah. was my home dog. And yeah, I'm going to say he definitely, I think I was up there as one of his favorite people, maybe my mom too, but definitely me first. Cause he was my cat. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're not wrong. You know, they, they know that there are people who feed them that might not be like very like warm to them, but they know that, people who feed them they know when people who feed them are very warm to them and so they have that they have that gratitude and they show you they like to let you know yeah we want the food but we want you to know we actually like 
deeply love you and we're deeply grateful for you. Thank you. Let us show you that that we're grateful. They're beautiful. Yeah. So, where do where can we get this book? Do you sell it on Amazon? Do you, are you in a storefront? Tell us. Well, I, I hope to be in a storefront soon. But um, if you want to uh, support uh, this book and and me, this author, this human, the best way you can do that is by going to my website, and I'll tell you why. Because although Amazon has a global reach, when you uh, spend your money there for something like this book, they spend that money going to Mars or outer space, like billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. But when you go to my website, you order the book there, like 70% of the money goes directly to me, and then I can use that money to build up my life and like create what I, what I'm worthy of. So if you all would please, uh, if you have interest, do me the, the beautiful blessing and to go to my website, which is uh, sanity as a full-time job.org sanity is a full-time job.org. And you click on shop, you click on books. You're going to find my books right there. And I thank you for, uh, in advance for taking the five minutes necessary to go and do that. Thank you for the blessings, and I hope I somehow I can bless you back by uh, you know, sharing this information with you right now. Thank you. Okay, okay. So sanity is a full-time job.org. I will be sure to have that linked in the show notes for listeners who are interested in going to check out the full collection of books that you've got to offer on your website after they listen to today's chat. That is correct. Thank you, my friends, and uh, enjoy. Enjoy them. All right. So how do you use your platform to spread knowledge about positive affirmation? And do you use it as well to spread knowledge about your cannabis recovery? You know, um, you have uh, influenced me to take the appropriate steps to try to use my platform to spread awareness more about uh how cannabis had benefited me and why I want people to have information about helping themselves. So I actually do not have anything on the website at this point in time, but I will change that. Um, at this point in time, I have a new website and so I'm pretty much in its early stages. And so uh, right now it's mostly just about my books, but soon enough, it's going to be a lot more available there and uh, People will be able to access information about all sorts of things that will hopefully benefit them and make their lives a little bit easier. Okay, okay. So who's been the biggest supporter of your writing so far? The people who purchased my books. Okay, okay. So do you have a process that you go and deal with any negative book reviews if you've gotten any? Um, that's funny. I, I mean, I don't really get negative book reviews. I, I really never have, ever. Uh, what I do get is, is pretty funny. Um, um, I have negative reviews of me as a person that get posted in book reviews by people who haven't actually read my books but don't oh. like me. So, that, yeah, that's happened a whole bunch of times. Um, yeah. yeah. That, that's so messy. I am sorry you're dealing with that. I, Wow. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, remember earlier and I told you I was um, – uh, I worked as a mental health worker mm -hmm. and I, I was working for the same state authority uh, as a, as a professional mental health uh, worker. 
that was responsible for me being abused as a child. Yeah. You feel me on this? Yeah, so something happened to my career. And uh, uh, life has not been very easy for me, in part because of my uh, my survivor story and the fact that the people who hurt me were like, people had responsibility. And so I've been through put, I've been put through a lot of unnecessary suffering and I still experience a lot of unnecessary bullshit because of things that really are not my fault. So that's the reality. Here we are. One day at a time, I try to live with the, I try to look at all the abuses and, and, and covered ups, cover ups and horrible things as a, as a gift. If I can just keep looking at those things as a gift then I can be grateful that I live here in the beautiful Mexico and that one day at a time life improves if I, Okay, that that sense of the fact that you know that things aren't the best right now, but that you're working your hardest to get back to a point where that you're okay and satisfied and just kind of you're accepting of when things aren't really going your way. That's an aura that I definitely hope to achieve. I got to get there myself. Yeah, thank you for uh, seeing that. Uh, I can very openly say to you right now that um, like I'm, I'm like trying to walk that path, but like that's not. I don't want to deceive anybody. I, I am, I am hurt. Like I don't like, like it's like um, you know, like uh, I can say all this stuff because I know it's true. Like I can talk about all these beautiful ways to, that I want to be and how I'm trying to be, and I'm trying to be it and I'm trying to be good at it so I can be happy and like be all the things I want to be. Like all the live mm-hmm. my birthright, right? Like yeah, because I'm like living, I'm trying to walk this path. I'm walking the path. I am not like at that destination, and I'm not going to even try to tell anyone that I am. It's a very difficult process. I'm, I'm struggling, but it's beautiful because I know that. So you know what I'm saying? Here we are. All right, all right. Hey, it's me, Miss Cadaver. Over here at Smoke to Smoke, it fills me with such joy and excitement to bring you product reviews and interviews with amazing guests each week. And now, the show has a sponsor that's equally as excited to bring you more great content in 2023. Stand back and make way for Caligars. Caligars is an up-and-coming heavy hitter in the cannabis industry. We're talking about Blunt and Joint Rollers Central over here as these guys have Blunt and Keith glue in a wide variety of different flavors. Joint Rollers, Canagar Packing Kits, Glass Tips and Wood Tips, Cones and Cannons, Blunt Wraps, and so much more. If you want to up your rolling game, head on over to Caligars.com and don't forget to use the code CADABRA, that's C-A-D-A-B-R-A, to save yourself 10% off your future purchases. Before we get back into today's episode, we gotta take a quick smoke break. For this week's smoke break, I wanna talk about a tasty strain that's got me in the mood for something sweet. This time, we're breaking down and rolling up some pink marshmallow, so if you're ready, let's light up and dig in. Pink marshmallow is an indica-dominant cross of the iconic strawberry guava and marshmallow OG strains. 
This pungent strain is quite pleasant on the nose with notes of a mild sweet creaminess that was carried by a radiant skunky overtone fragrance. The flavor shows itself to share similarities, however, with a more pronounced vanilla creaminess on the inhale with mellow butteriness on the exhale. Pink Marshmallow doesn't sink you down into the couch or send you zooming around the room, yet regardless of how high or low I felt emotionally, this strain always finds a way to make me feel perfectly balanced and well-grounded. The strain doesn't send me skyrocketing into euphoria, but its effects slowly crept up. I could feel the high delicately wrap my mind in a warm, soothing buzz that pushed away trivial anxieties and allowed me to peacefully live in the moment instead of overthinking. There will be times you'll find yourself slightly talkative and giggly, but not at a motor mouth overwhelming pace, making this potentially an ideal strain for a relaxing social setting. It's incredibly difficult to find much information on this strain due to its rarity, but it's definitely worth a try if you can manage to find it. I happened to find this particular batch at the Green Source here in Colorado Springs. That's all I've got for the smoke break. Now, let's get back to today's episode. So, before I let you go, I just got some fun questions just so the listeners can get to know a little bit more about you. Okay. So, what's your favorite strain? Huh. You know what? Back back home, I was uh, obsessed with um, uh, Granddaddy Purple. Oh, okay. Granddaddy Purple is one of those ones I've tried once and I haven't touched since just because for some reason, I know that it's supposed to be a highly relaxing strain to people, but it makes me like too amped, like kind of like that. I'm a, like, if somebody comes up to me the wrong way, I'm a swing on them type of paranoid, angsty feeling. I don't really like it. And I haven't had a strain make me feel quite that way besides Granddaddy Purple. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, that strain is uh, psychoactive. And so it's not just like um, you're just having some sort of indica thing going on, indica indica buzz. It has another component that can just like, take you to a different place. And then if you don't know that or you're not uh, aware of it then or you're susceptible to something, you might not have a good time because it's kind of a trip. Gotcha. But uh, I loved it. It was so good. I was like floating like I was in, on a cloud. Yeah. Ah, nice, nice. Okay. I wish I had that positive experience with it, but can't say the same. Nuh-uh. So, next up, do you prefer ebooks, printed books, or audio books most of the time? Uh, print books. Yeah. But audio books are more easy to, to listen to or to read because my reading skills aren't very good mm-hmm. right now. But, um, yeah, print books. I like to hold something. Okay, okay. I like print books too, but I think I just, it's the same thing with that bias I have towards podcasts where I do too much moving around to where having just sitting in front of something and trying to, like, that's why I don't even really watch YouTube videos like that. I need something that I can listen to in the background while I'm doing all my other stuff. So that's why I've always really liked audiobooks. You, you, yeah, yeah I, I understand what you're talking about. I'm very similar that way. I get a lot more work done. When I got a couple different things happening and some distractions too. 
Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. Like um, I know some people have told me it feels like I got too much going on <laughs> in the background while I'm just trying to listen to something. But it, I don't know. It just puts me in a nice headspace. I'm with you on that. I feel that. All right, all right. So next up, what genre of books do you enjoy reading? Back when I was in the states, my collection was almost entirely classics, like philosophy books, okay. like uh, Nietzsche. Just, uh, oh my God, it's been five years, six years since I had my books. I would read books like uh, Siddhartha. I read books written by um, Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. I would read books like uh, written by Dostoevsky. I would read books um, written by like uh, George Orwell, uh, books about the reality of, of our, our lives. And uh, those were hard books to read because I had really bad reading skills. And uh, uh, I forced myself because I wanted to read. I wanted to uh, be better. And so those are the kind of books I liked. And I, uh, the other thing about books is I like maps. I love maps, books of maps, and I'm, they make me happy. I really like looking at different maps. It's so intriguing. I don't necessarily like know where I'm looking at uh, most of the time, but I just kind of like seeing the way that different cities and states piece together. And I don't know, I've always had that type of fascination for that. And um, I, I I really, um, actually, I, I forgot what point I was even trying to make with that. Let's just, <laughs> sorry about that. Let's just roll on. So, um, what are your three favorite ways to consume cannabis? I like to smoke. Okay, okay. So you don't do edibles or anything else? Uh, I do, I do, but I, I like to smoke. Um, I like to smoke, I like to smoke. Um, edibles are cool, oil is cool, uh, all of it's cool. But if given the chance, if given the opportunity, I like to smoke. Okay, okay, fair enough. Are you more of a blunt person or joints, or do you like a bong rip? Um, I like a bong rip, but I don't have a bong. Uh, I like to smoke joints, but uh, my hands are really not very functional for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm generally a pipe guy. But whenever my friends roll joints, I prefer to roll uh, smoke with them that way. Okay, okay, noted. So next up. What is your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time? Um, I don't know that I have a favorite movie of all time. I stopped going to the movies and when I left, uh, when I became homeless in 2018, I used to go every week. Mm -hmm. So my mind kind of got kind of, uh, a lot of my memories got kind of like blurred uh, for different reasons. Uh, so to answer the question is difficult. I'm going to say that uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, one of them is the classic uh trading places okay trading places right. yeah do you have another one or is that was just your main one that well i i, I love that movie I, re I always remember it as being a uh i've watched it maybe a hundred times so uh, i like consistency and i'm a little bit uh i mean i'm a little weirdo so if i find a movie that i like i can watch it a hundred times and i'll always laugh all right, all right. I'm the same way with music. If I find an album I like, I'll listen to it a million times. Like my Spotify rap will say, like, yeah, you listen to this song a thousand times this month. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm the same way. If I find something I really like, it's hard for me to just kind of break that cycle of playing something else. Yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. So next up, 
Would you rather be able to sleep as long as you want and still get everything done in your day or never have to sleep another day in your life again and still feel refreshed? I'd rather be able to sleep and be productive. Okay, okay, fair enough. Next up, what advice would you give to a writer working on their first book? Uh, just keep doing it and forgive yourself if you feel frustrated or you don't know what to do and just take a break and do it again or do it a different way, but keep going. If that's what you want to do, then you're the only person who will succeed at completing the project. So don't stop. Keep going. Okay. Okay. And finally, from my questions, can you tell listeners at home just one more time how to find and follow you online? Please go to my website to learn about all the things I have going on at sanityisafulltimejob.org. All right. And I had just just a wonderful chat with you today. We kept it a little bit shorter, but it felt like we talked about so much in such a short period of time. And I just thank you for giving me the honor of stopping by the show to share your story. Thank you for... Uh being my, my uh, companion this afternoon to just speak and talk and like feel validated by and for giving me this opportunity to, to share a little bit more about my experience because I know there's other people out there that have had similar experiences and were kind of uh, pushed away into the corner. So, hey, everybody out there who struggled with sort of these sort of things, I want you to know that uh, you're validated and that you can get better. You can feel better and respect to all of you. And thank you, Ms. Cadabra, for including me in, in your life on your awesome podcast and for, with your community. Of course. And you have a great day. I'll see you around. Absolutely. Peace, everybody. Take care. choking while you're token and those harsh hits that make your throat feel like it's on fire well i've got a solution for you everybody loves a nice bong but how about something better well although you may not have heard of it before i want to put y'all in the know about smoking lamps a smoking lamp is a device designed with similarities to a bong but easier to clean with a larger globe that means more water to filter cleaner smoke and deliver more flavorful robust hits to your lungs and did I mention it's more durable too? You can check out the wide collection of smoking lamps at unionsquarelamps.com and use the code SMOKE2SMOKE for 25% off. That's S-M-O-K-E, the number two, S-M-O-K-E for 25% off your future purchases. I've got a piece crafted from a Kraken Spice rum bottle that I've been in love with since my first token. If you want to get in on the action, use the code and check out the site. Enjoy! Hey you! Do you have a question you want to ask or want to submit an idea for a future show? Email me at smoketosmoke420 at gmail.com or send me a voice message on the podcast website. Please be sure to give us a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, did you know that after a long time coming, Smoke to Smoke finally has a newsletter? 
That's right. The new best way to stay connected with the show as things ramp up is through the newsletter. With the increased amount of censorship and privilege removal from Instagram, the chance of getting deleted seems extra high. So, if you hadn't had the chance, head over to smoketosmokepodcast.com, click on the High Maintenance Newsletter tab, and fill out a few quick details to sign up. When you join, you'll get exclusive access to special giveaways sponsored by Caligars and the affiliates of the show, find out when new products release on the affiliates and sponsors website, and even better, if you live in Colorado and you have an interest in mycology, you can sign up for the Myco Enthusiast section to gain access to promotions, discounts, and giveaways hosted by myself and the show's partner Mycele Unlimited on genetics and grow kits for educational and research purposes. Don't forget, for the latest updates when the show airs, sneak peeks into my Canada adventures, and for educational cannabis and mycology content, you can check out Smoke to Smoke's main and backup pages, Smoke to Smoke underscore podcast, and Smoke to Smoke underscore productions on Instagram. Again, the podcast is still currently pretty hardcore shadow banned on Instagram, so the best way to help this show continue to grow is by word of mouth. Share the show with your friends and Canna family and let them know that they can now enjoy the show too wherever they stream on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you're streaming right now so that you're the first to know when a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke. I hope y'all enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, if you did, please be sure to review the show wherever you stream, and don't forget to check out Craig Lewis's Guide to Surviving the Impossible and pick up a copy of his book off his website. Everything will be linked in the show notes. That's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly, and I'll see you next Tuesday.